You're listening to the City Network Podcast. Our mission is to grow and multiply healthy churches in the Treasure Valley and beyond. Head to thecitynetwork.org for more info on our initiatives to catalyze church transformation and church planting. Here's today's podcast. Well, welcome to the City Network Podcast, episode three. Um, I'm sitting here with my buddy, Kenny Barrett. And uh, this is Robert Frazier. I'm your host, and I'm the pastor at Redemption Hill, and also part of City Network. And um, I'm I'm having a fun time putting on these these podcast episodes. And today, I invited Kenny in to talk a little bit about what it looks like when we're talking about multiplying and growing healthy churches. One of the things that we want to think through is not just multiplying new pastors to go plant, but we want to think multiplying from top to bottom, from, um, you know, janitors and, uh, you know, deacons and kids workers and the sound guys and the the pro presenter guys and the worship team. Mm -hmm. And I've seen Kenny develop a a great team that's been ready and, and has multiplied at his church. He's at True Hope Church here in Boise. Um, so I'm just going to let him kind of tell a story. Now you, you moved here to Boise to take a job in youth ministry. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. A little, it was, it was eight years ago in June was when I got here to Boise. Yeah. Um, I came with the, um, with the, understanding of of doing youth ministry predominantly in junior high helping because matt was the youth pastor at that point but he needed somebody to kind of take the helm with junior high and and i was a pretty crazy guy and whatnot so i was like might as well give it a shot and i was actually studied ministry youth ministry in college before prior to moving out here yeah okay and then what what happened like you you were kind of in that lane and then something shifted yeah i was about uh i was about a year in um with junior high and uh really a need just came up in our church um you know we all know that we're in a world that is driven by media and consumes media and and our church had gotten to a point to where we needed to kind of dive into that a little bit um, but we didn't really have anybody to do it. We didn't have anybody uh, who that was their thing, you know. And like most staff, it's it's like, well, which one of you on staff has time, <laughs> you know? To... Who's got an extra hour this yeah. week? Oh, the junior high guy. <laughs> Definitely the junior high guy, right? And so, um, so we were sitting around a table and... Uh, we're doing this uh, youth kind of campaign called Be the Remedy, where we were um, gathering uh, donations for the local schools, like clothing and and stuff like that, uh, to open up like a free youth thrift store that was based out of the church downtown. And um, and we wanted to kind of tell that story, you know, in a way that our people could be aware in the in the in the audience of what we're up to and. Uh, and it was kind of like uh, Bruce was like, well, who wants to uh, do that? And I was like, well, <laughs> I, I'll give it a shot, you know. <laughs> and we, we had a little like Sony, it, like probably from 1995, you know, point shoot. Uh-huh. And um, didn't even have memory cards. Yeah, it didn't was, even have memory cards. Tapes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know and um had you ever done any video i i had never done video up to that point uh was never even a category that i thought about um i grew up you know loving movies obviously like everybody else but 
um, but had never, um, never really touched the camera or anything like that prior. Um, you know, I think my first exposure with story actually happened in college. Um, I had, uh, I wasn't the best student and the most disciplined, but, um, so I was like, struggling through this English comp class that we had and one of the assignments was to uh, write a short story and we had to write it based upon the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe and and basically introduce a new character into that story and it was like 50% of the grade, you know, so you just can't kind of get out of it and uh, and so I, I sat down and and wrote this short story about these two mice, uh, uh, witness Aslan going up to uh, be killed. And didn't really think much of it, you know, just kind of let my imagination run. And uh, and I gave it to my wife uh, to proofread it. And, uh, and she's like, Kenny, this is really good. This is really good. And she's like, your grammar stinks, but... <laughs> <laughs> but the story... The so story is, is legit. It's really good. And, and so I turned it in. Uh, didn't think much of it. The next class, uh, my professor uh, called me up in front of class and had me read it um, to the entire class. And that was the only A I ever got in college. <laughs> what was that? So there's something like latent that you saw, like just yeah. a little little taste of, yeah. and then it it took what five, six, seven years. Yeah, it was another. Well, it was another about four years before I from that point to picking up a camera. Uh-huh. Um, and then what happened like after that project? Oh like, wow! So um, I remember uh, sitting down and uh, I had filmed a project. And uh, I got online and was seeing what other, you know, sort of YouTube, what other, you know, filmmakers were doing and was really inspired by some of them. And so I started trying to mimic what they were doing in terms of editing. Uh, but we had uh, somebody at some point got Final Cut Express uh, and it was on this old iMac uh, and it would take, it would literally take like two hours to render like one minute <laughs> of footage. <laughs> and yeah, uh, about right. so I spent like a week uh, making this, this Be The Remedy project. And I remember it being shown on a Sunday. Uh, and for a moment, you could just feel the room being like lifted into a different kingdom in a sense, you know, like a, like a heavenly kingdom. And, and I'll never forget that feeling of like, creating something that moved people and it moved people to action and inspired them. And, um, and that was kind of the point of like, this is what I want to do. Uh, and, and the beauty of true hope is as a staff, they, they were witness to this gifting that God had given me for, for this. And, uh, and they encouraged it, you know, Mm -hmm. and empowered me. Um, to the point to where I had I ha- actually had to step out of youth ministry so that I could do film for the church full-time um, because um, it was just exploding, you know. There was just a lot of opportunities. Yeah, a lot of opportunities. Did. And Bruce, you know, he, uh, he really wanted to develop a culture of God stories where people were sharing their stories and what God was up to in their life and uh, as a way of celebrating wins and sharing vision for our church and and so that became really my full-time job of of this goal of, like, Bruce set this goal of 52, you know, God stories a year, you mm-hmm. know. And, um, and so that, 
you know, kind of took up most of my time. And that's a that's a lot of video editing. It's a lot of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so alongside that, you also stepped into a role as a worship leader. Yeah. Um, and how how did that happen? Had you done music before, or what was? The... Yeah, I always I always meddled in music from um, I got. Uh, I gave my life to Christ my freshman year of high school, and then shortly after that, I just uh, I bought a drum set to my mom's demise, and and started just every parent's worst yeah, nightmare. Yeah, trying to play along with Newsboys and DC Talk, and I'm trying to get my kids to play keyboard because they can put <laughs> headphones in, or even electric yeah. guitar to that yeah. to that, that, that would be fine. Drums, no, yeah, no. drums are no. <laughs> they actually started in my room, and then my mom moved them out into the garage. And then my mom moved them to the church. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Yeah. So I got involved in, like, we started a youth band. And so I always was meddling in music and coming into that. um, So to answer your question, we, uh, Bruce wanted to kind of mix up the services a little bit. um, And he wanted to kind of change the third hour and, and reach a different demographic of people, people who might be looking just for some a little bit different than mm-hmm. what the temp you know contemporary or traditional service is offered mm-hmm. uh, we called it our lab service so it was it was a service where we just experimented we just tried mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. things to engage people have them engage you know and um and uh and i was like this idea factory is what bruce called me and so uh-huh. So he just asked me to kind of step in to that role. Um, and so basically our youth band became our third service band. And, okay. And that was kind of the birth of that. Because yeah. you brought the youth band along with you. Yeah. You, you yeah. started experimenting with things. Yeah. And there was only four of us on the team, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we tried to – it was really hard to find musicians off the get-go. Um, we just ran into roadblocks, you know. I even put stuff on Craigslist, and it was just like there's nobody um, that God was bringing to us. So, um, but I think it was good because it really helped us, the four of us, really grow close together and really hone in our craft mm-hmm. um, and get to a point to where we were healthy enough to be able to receive people, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, and then there's the territory sort of thing of when that does open up, and you're like, well, let's let's bring more people in because people want to join, you know, of, of navigating through that, you know? Yeah. It's like once you have that solid center, adding people into it, you're yeah. changing the culture. Yeah. There's, and there's yeah. always a disruption. It's just going to happen when other people's atmosphere comes into your atmosphere, you know? And, um, so we, you know, the four of us really had to, um, work really intentional with that, you know, and keep the, the main goal, the main goal of, of developing people and, you know, I got to a point to where my joy became somebody else's joy, you know, and somebody else's joy could be my joy, you know. So, um, for example, if somebody got up on stage and, and they're leading worship and they're just pumped about being in that place and utilizing their gifting, like, that gets me excited, you know. Yeah. And, and You kind of went from being the guy to being yeah. the guy behind the guy. Yeah, the guy, the guy behind the guy. Platforming yeah. other people. Yeah. That hero maker stuff that Dave yeah. Ferguson talks about. Yeah, and... And it, you know, the music side was actually easier for me to give up than the mm-hmm. video side. The video huh. side was, was more of a challenge because that was my baby, you know. You'd kind of started from yeah, the beginning. I started from the beginning. That, you know, we, we really developed this culture of, of story driven ministry. And, and then when people wanted to kind of come in and, 
and learn how to edit and do stuff. Like I was really excited to teach them, but then um, there's always that fear of like uh, letting them create a project. And then it ultimately, if it goes south, it like falls on you. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so, so two and a half years ago, um, I came on as a church planning resident at your Mm -hmm. church. And part of that was, your pastor had this vision, Bruce, who's been on this podcast, had this vision to really create a multiplying culture. Mm-hmm. And and a part of that was he wanted to see from top to bottom this uh, apprenticing culture where yeah. you've got people stepping in. And it seems like you really own that on the yeah. art side. Like, what did that look like when you, when you started thinking, I need to not just do the work, but I need to bring people alongside yeah. and train them? How did you start and what were some of the pain points along yeah. the way? Yeah, Um I think, uh, you know, like I said, Bruce wanted to do 52 God stories a year, which is a lot. Um, and early on, I thought that I could manage it, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, and it's not just the God stories that come, but then there's the, hey, can you do a, a bumper video for our sermon series intro or, you know, Bruce really loved like man on the street interview type stuff. And so there's always stuff that comes up in the midst of this daunting task of, of doing 52 God stories. Um, and I began to get pretty overwhelmed, um, with it, even though my turnaround was really quick and I could edit, but it just was like too much. And, uh, and Matt, um, has always been a master of like task and, and like, schedules and you and just called him a task master task master yeah he's a, a master task. of tasks that's a nice he's, way a, he's to say a task it. sensei you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay and uh and i sat down with him and i just was like dude i'm just overwhelmed right now you know it's like we got the music thing and then i got all this video stuff and i it, i just can't stay on top of what's going on and and you know can i offload some stuff and he said uh, he said, well, here's kind of the motto that we're living by here of if you're doing something that somebody else can do, then you're not doing your job right, you know, and you basically have to work yourself out of a job here. That's mm-hmm. the goal mm-hmm. is to work yourself out of a job. And so who Which in your terrible career? Advice, yes. But yeah, great right. kind of <laughs> kingdom vision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so he began to help me brainstorm of who's in your circle already. You know, who's in your circle that is not doing anything that um, you can begin to train, that can come alongside of you, who's, who may be interested already in something, you know, with camera work or, or whatnot. Um, and it was literally within weeks. I was sitting in my small group, and we had uh, uh, a young girl come, and Shelby is her name, and... Um, and we we're just chatting about video stuff. She's like, "Oh yeah, I, I used to do videos in high school. I was like in a media class, and I used to edit with Final Cut and make these cheesy, you know, videos." And I'm like, "How come I never knew this?" And she's like, "Well, you never asked." Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Well, and I think I, a lot of people are sitting around hoping somebody's going to ask. Yeah. 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 And I think that's the thing is like engaging people in conversation and asking them, what's your thing? Like, what's your, what's your, what makes you come alive in a sense, you know? And or what used to be your thing. Yeah. What, or what <laughs> used to be the thing. Yeah. And, and so I said, well, why don't you like, are you interested in climbing into this? And she's like, sure. But I don't have any equipment to do it. And I uh-huh. said, well, the church has all the equipment. 
So let's just block some time. You can come in and just kind of shadow and start learning this. She's like, cool, let's do it. Cool. And we just kind of blocked some time every week and she would come and some weeks we would, you know, she would just kind of be watching me what I do. You know, some weeks I'd let her do some task and, um, and so as a church, we kind of became this place where we kind of supplied the artists with the tools, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, she can afford to buy, you know, an iMac and a camera and all that stuff. So yeah, the it, cost of entry is pretty high. Yeah, so. yeah, you know, and I think that that defeats a lot of people on the front end of like, well, I can never afford the stuff, so I'm just not going to do it, you know. And it's like, well, if we we have all the stuff, so you know, it's all available to you. You mm-hmm. have access to it, so let's get it going, you know. And and uh, so she was kind of my first kind of mentee. Is that right, mentee? Right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah whatever. Um, what what'd you learn in that? mentoring relationship like what what were some of the, the roadblocks and what were some yeah. of the things that worked well um i think the biggest thing is for me is you have to let go of outcomes hmm. um uh you got to be okay with failure just um, a little more process driven yeah than yeah getting to the, yeah. the end result um it takes a lot of time you know um like i could just get in there and i could do it you know and uh-huh. be done in 15 20 minutes you know uh-huh. Um, letting Shelby do it would take two hours, you know, and, and do I, you know, do I want to invest in that, you know, in her and her development and, uh, and then ultimately it's going to fall on me. So if she creates something and it goes south in the church, like people are going to think I did it. And that's the hardest thing is taking bullets for Uh people, uh um, you know, she would do a God story and I'd be like, man, her color you know, the, the color balance is way off, you know, and people are going to think that was me, you know, Uh and I don't know if I want that, you know, on my shoulders. And so, um, so that was, I think the biggest roadblock that I constantly was battling up against. Well, that's something you see also in music when you bring on new musicians or young musicians, the only way for them to get better is to have the the fear of being on stage yeah. and having people see what they do because yeah. otherwise they're not going to practice. They're mm-hmm. not going to grow. Yeah. But it also like that takes a hit on, in terms of the sound yeah. and the experience on Sunday yeah. morning. So how, how have you seen that in music as well? Yeah, I think it, it's same um, process. I think that the heart, one of the hardest things for me was knowing when to let go and when to like hold on. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, that was the biggest challenge. I don't know if I still know the answer to that of like, you know, like, for example, um, you know, one of one of our musicians came in with a song want to do. And I was like, well, I don't know if that song is would really like connect as well. But this musician was really excited about doing it, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, well, do I just at that point say, no, you know, that's not where the direction we're going or do I let the musician go ahead and, and lead with that song and then, you know, let the results happen, mm-hmm. you know, as a learning experience and like how much control do you yeah, have? Yeah, the process? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think, you know, again, it, that takes a lot of, I think just, just deep rooted prayer and, and, you know, asking Jesus, you know, what do you want me to do with this person, you know, and to, yeah. like that. But, um, yeah, and so developing takes time, but the 
the biggest way that I've learned for people to learn is just to get in and do it. Like, mm-hmm. you want to learn how to lead on stage? Get up on stage and lead, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because doing it's going to force them to grow. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think that as as leaders, and I'm speaking for myself, I think uh, operating out of fear, I think I hold territory too long um, because I'm afraid of the outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I'm like, well, just, you know, you need to develop a little bit more before I give you that, you know? Uh-huh. And it's like, well, wait a second, you know, is that, you know, why not just open the door and say, okay, you know, here, here's your spot. And because that's what happened to me is I, you know, there was nobody to show me how to do it or to teach me. And um, I just had to do it and I had to fail and uh-huh. then learn from fa- failure um, and, you know, if if you're not failing, you're not creating, you know. So, um, so I think that's the point where I got to of is allowing people to fail, you know, and stepping, getting out of the way to allow that to happen, so that they could grow, versus trying to protect. I think a little bit more. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about like the creative process, and and just a a creative approach mm. to ministry mm-hmm. and. I, I know you've seen growth in that area mm-hmm. in the church that you've been at. Yeah. Um, but like, what do you think, what do you think pastors and church leaders struggle to, to enter into a creative process and how, how do you start, how do you start letting the arts lead a little mm. bit in the church? Yeah, that's good. Um, uh, one of the things that, um, that I began to do, for our staff was uh, doing writing exercises with them. So if we want to be more story-driven, we have to think, like all the staff has got to think in terms of story, right? Um, But most people don't know how to develop their story. They don't know how to write it. They don't know what techniques or, you know, stuff to use, how to do character development. And, you know, um, and there's this really good method called the story spine that Pixar and Disney and, you know, a lot of people. It was actually invented by an improviser. Hmm. Um, and it's a really great process, and you can access it. Just Google story spine, and you can see it. But I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's really awesome. So what I did to help the staff kind of exercise creativity, in a sense, and story, was doing a story spine exercise together. So, um, uh, so I, I showed up with crayons and paper (laughs) and you should have seen the look on the the staff's face, dude. It was so funny. Has he lost it? Is this, is this it? (laughs) It's coloring time with Kenny, you know? Um, but part of creativity is invoking that younger self, the younger you, you know, where your imagination run wild and you weren't afraid to draw something or, mm-hmm. or um, you know, you had whatever, you know, built forts and played lost kids and all kinds of stuff like that. And Well, there's a, there's a fearlessness to creativity yeah, where you yeah. have to approach it differently than you have before, yeah. which means you set aside safety yeah. for something new. Yeah, absolutely. And in church, we like control. Yeah. We like safety. We yeah. like rails on yeah. everything. So absolutely. yeah, that's really yeah. countercultural. Yeah. And so, so, um, so the first thing I did with the staff is I said, okay, this is a safe room and, um, there's no judgment allowed here. 
okay? So we just set the bar at that right off the bat. So don't judge it. Just give yourself to it. Right no now. giggling. You're just yeah. going <laughs> to. No giggling. And here's what I want you to do. Um, I want you to write a short story. And here's your guidelines. And I use the story spine um, for guidelines for them. And I gave them 20 minutes. And I said, I'm going to give you 20 minutes. And, and they were like, 20 minutes? That's like a lifetime, right? Like, that's so <laughs> much time. What am I going to do for 20 minutes, you know? Um, and there was this unbelief that there was story birthed in them. Hmm. There was, there's, it, it was really shocking, this, this really unbelief of like, well, I'm not a creative. I'm not, there's, I'm, I can't tell stories, you know. Hmm. Like, that's for you, Kenny. That's not for me. Um, and so I said, we're just going to do this exercise. And, uh, and so I played some, like, instrumental music, you know, just to kind of set a tone and it's kind of cinematic and feel. And, and I just set a timer and I said, okay, ready, set, go. And, um, and it was unbelievable, the stories that came out of these people. And it was just fictional, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and every single one of them wrote a story and some of them didn't have enough time to finish. They were still writing. Uh-huh. And um, and they were shocked themselves of, wow, I I actually created something. I did something, you know. Yeah, well, because after school, how often do you get a writing prompt? Right, right. Like, right. <laughs> who's asking you yeah. to write stories yeah. unless it's something that's driven from yeah. the inside? And so I think as a church, if you want to foster creativity, there's got to be somebody that sets that environment for the staff, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. and fights for it, you know, and let's, let's take time just to play, you know, uh-huh. let's take time, um, to write, write whatever's inside of you. Don't judge it. Just write it. You know, um, uh, there's gotta be time for that. You know, you gotta really fight for it because, you know, um, most of the time staff meetings for us became just duty, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what's, what's on the agenda, what songs we got, you know, work we got, through the business. Yeah. Sure. Work through the business. And it's like, whoa, whoa, where's, you know, where's story woven into this, mm-hmm. you know, where's, yeah. where's creativity woven into this? Um, how can we exercise it in what ways, you know? And so, huh. um, so I really got that platform to do that. Yeah. Well, so I I don't want to miss out on this. Um, At the end of, let's see, a year and a half ago, year ago, year ago, year ago, about um, there, there came an opportunity where there was a revitalization opportunity where an older church came along and said, would you plant a campus here? Mm. And you were invited to be a part of that Mm -hmm. new campus team. Yeah. And I'd love you to talk a little bit about what did it look like to, send sure. and be sent yeah. as a part of a worship team yeah. and what you learned and wish you had done or hadn't done yeah. um, in that process. Yeah. Cause I think that as people are thinking about sending and multiplying, mm-hmm. they can imagine the idea of it, but the, the, the reality of it sounds really scary to yeah. them. So yeah. yeah, just share a little bit yeah. of your story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think early on in that whole process, I really started communicating to my team cause we had built to that point to where we we actually had two teams um and we we were working through a rotation uh, okay so you're alternating sundays yeah we're like alternating sundays um we're pretty liberal about it you know um because some people would be gone we had others fill in so we really became a collective which was really cool so we grew from like four to like 12 Hmm. people um 
in in about two year time, which was really awesome. Um, and so when College came about early on in that process, I was just sharing the vision with the team as a whole. Every time we were together, for the most part, we were talking about multiplication and, hey, you know, at some point, some of you guys could be sent out, you know, so just have that on your radar. Um, and then when Collister became a go, um, we I got the whole team together and we got in a room and um, uh, and we said, basically, I kind of broke the team up into two parts based upon gifting um, and who I thought um, would be best suited for each campus um, in terms of leadership and gifting and stuff like that. Uh, and I basically nominated, I basically told who's going where <laughs> to what campus. Um, and I didn't, I wasn't like dictator, you know, in that way, but I, I basically said, here's my, here's my thoughts and here's what I think we should do as a team. Um, here's who I think should stay here downtown and who's, who I think should go to Collister, hmm. um, based upon gifting and need and stuff. Um, and it was really hard for them. I mean, it was, it was a breakup, you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, and some of them actually fell off, you know, that, that, um, stayed downtown, um, cause they struggle with, uh, cause new leadership came in to fill my space right in the third hour. And, um, and it wasn't anything wrong. It was just personality difference. Right. And so there was a little bit of fallout you know, as a result of that, which was hard to see because mm-hmm. um, you want people to stick it out, you know, over the long haul, but sometimes they just can't, they don't have the, the capacity to do that. Um, and um, so, <coughs> so that's how we basically, I just basically split them in half from gifting and, mm-hmm. um, and then when we and you went, you and went, I to went, yeah. And I went to Collister. Matt had asked me specifically to go with him, um, to partner with him in that. Um, because, you know, he trusted me, he knew what I could do and, and stuff like that. And so, um, and we worked really well in tandem together. So it was just kind of a no brainer. Um, but it was really hard for me to leave downtown cause I, that's where I live. And third service was this special place. It was just a special place for us. Um, and going to Collister, you know, you're merging two cultures. You're merging mm-hmm. the culture from downtown with the existing people at Collister. And it was rough, man. It was. So what What was tough? I mean, that's a tough situation. Just, yeah. You know, socially. But, like, what was tough about that worship integration? <laughs> so, well, it's the worship wars. You know, uh-huh. uh, well, th- so it's like the nineties brought forward. Yeah, all of a sudden. yeah. Yeah. Like we're, you know, we're doing these songs that, um, I would say are, are more abstract. They're not like mainstream Chris Tomlin, you know, we were doing like all sons and daughters, uh, some Ren collective stuff and it was very stripped down, very acoustic. Uh-huh. Um, and the existing Collister team, they had a piano player that they hired to come in. He just showed up on a Sunday and would play whatever music that they had sitting on his piano for him. Um, and they had like a four-person choir 
and they would just that that was what they did on Sundays. And yeah, so it was a pretty radical shift for them. Very, to... very radical shift. Yeah, yeah. And how did how did you manage that? Because you you wanted to set a new culture, sure. but you also wanted to, them to feel at home yeah. on some level. I think in in I think for me, um, I leaned on Matt a lot uh, in his leadership with that because. I want you know, really, I was struggling, and I was like, I want to, I want out of this, you know, I don't like mm-hmm. these people, they don't like our music, and I don't want to, I feel like I had to change who I was, yeah, to yeah. cater to people, and I, there was, every ounce of me did not want to do that, you know, and I think most of that stems from my rebellious nature in general, but, um, you know, I just felt like, uh, I I went from shepherding to like performing, you know uh, that I was a performer for these people, um, and I had to give them what they wanted in order to be happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Matt and I wrestled a lot over that, and um, and we basically kind of came to this. Well, I came to this understanding of like, of if you want to go where you want to go, you got to build trust. You gotta build trust, and um, and coming in and saying, "Well, this is what we're doing," and and if you don't like it, you know, get out of here, um, is not building trust, and yeah. and really doesn't do good for the kingdom, you know. And obviously, we can't like people are gonna leave if they want to leave and whatnot, but you know, we want to create a, an environment where people can engage with God, you know, and. Uh, and what I've discovered is it's hard for people to engage in unfamiliar territory, you know, mm-hmm. um, like I can't engage with God if there's a song I don't know, it's hard, but if it's yeah. a song I know, like, like within seconds, I can be in this space, you know, with the Lord. And so, yeah. um, yeah. so figuring out, uh, meeting these people in the middle, meeting them where they're at, so if as a worship team we can be example to them of bending, you know, um, and we still keep our, uh, I forget how Matt phrased it, but we still played the music how we wanted to play it. Like, mm-hmm. But you brought their songs in But we style. brought their songs into our style. I think that's a great right. way to kind of meet in the middle yeah. where it's a it's a new direction, yeah. but it, they, it still feels familiar yeah. to them. Absolutely, yep. yeah. And, um, and that took, it took a while to build into that. Um, and it took resilience of just like, we're just going to keep after this, you know, and we're going to, again, try and fail. Um, we did a lot of failing, um, but overall we began to build trust with the people, um, to where now like we can introduce new music and without any, any roadblocks or anything like that. And the participation from the crowd is way up you know, in terms of engagement and stuff. Um, and and I would say we're still kind of in that, um, here's the music we ultimately really want to play, um, and here's the music that the people need to engage, and we're trying to meet in the middle of that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so. So there's been a lot of changes for you personally, yeah. like since since the transition a year and a half ago. Right? Yeah, like yeah. A year and a half. year ago. and a half, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've you've taken over this new role doing worship at the second campus. Mm-hmm. You still the video and now mm-hmm. there's another transition happening. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, 
when I when I committed to going to Collister, um, I told I say this. I told God, God, I, w- I want to give Collister a year. I want to give it a year, and then whatever happens after that, I I don't know what's going to happen. But I I believe that in my spirit that a year was my time frame at Collister to help build this this thing, get it up and going, get the team established there. And then God was going to take me on to a new venture. Um, and so that was my mindset, you know, of like, I'm here to develop and build this this music team. Um, you know, predominantly it was Lauren. Lauren is is now the worship pastor there or worship leader there. Um, and she's been with me from the get-go of the start of that and uh, and is now like owning it, you know, um, and is full-time with, with Collister lean worship and just rocking that, you know, that's awesome. Um, and so, yeah, so I kind of came in with this. So you worked yourself out of a job. Yes. Yeah. What you're saying. Basically. Yes. Yeah. It kind of, it got to a point to where, um, I could, I could do the music and, and I could do it, you know, um, but, um, or I could step out and allow somebody else who feels, called and driven and passionate about this area of of church life um and let her own it you know Uh and and i felt like as long as i was in the way that lauren would never grow yeah yeah you know and so 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 we celebrated our year anniversary um in march was it april what month is it i think it was like April, right? At yeah, Easter, it was right? like it was around Easter, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was that was the point of God beginning to uh, bring to service this this new venture with with uh, video and stuff launching out. You know, yeah. So tell a little bit about. So now you've gone from not doing any art to doing art, you know, in video and in music full yeah. time at the church, and now there's this this new venture. You're yeah, doing. yeah. Um, well, it was kind of to that point. Uh, uh, I had gotten back from Africa in February uh, doing some film work for Africa New Life, which I've done, you know, multiple times for them. And uh, and it was kind of a trip of like a revitalization for me in terms of creating stories and, and um, creating content that inspires people to be moved to action. And, um, and so I came back from that. And then... Um, I was talking with Chelsea, my wife, and uh, we were just talking about where we want to be, you know, in like five, ten years. And uh, and I said, well, I, I just feel like there's, like my time's finished, you know, at Collister in terms of my role there. But I don't know what's next. I feel this pull to launch out, um, but I don't know what it's to look like, you know. And she looked at me and she says... Kenny, um, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> and, and you Which know, is something you want your wife yeah. to be, but if she has to say it, then yeah. you worry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, you know, <laughs> you got a good wife when she starts with that, you know. And, <laughs> and she says, um, "Who you are as a music leader for Callister?" She's like, um, "I don't want to hurt your feelings," but she, <laughs> which is another thing you love to yeah. hear your wife say. Yeah. I don't want to hurt your feelings, yeah. but <laughs> she says you're replaceable. You're replaceable. And she said, who you are as a filmmaker, um, your unique style, 
um, is irreplaceable. And and she says, that's that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment of like, all right. Um, which is funny because the next day I was in my office and Matt came in and we had been having conversations, you know, leading up to this point. And um, so it wasn't a shock of any type, but he came into my office and he's like, man, I just feel like we need to connect. You know, I just want to check in with you. You know, where's your heart at? You know, and with this, you know, Coster and launching and all this stuff, you know, just tell me what's going on. And I was like, well, funny you say that, you know. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing, man. <laughs> I'm out of here. You know, no. Time it was like that. <laughs> it was actually, oh, man. It was, it, uh, I wish I could give you, I wish I had a camera in the room at that moment because it was just, it was just perfect. It was mm-hmm. just beautiful the way. Was it like on The Office when Michael was leaving a day early yeah, yeah. and him and Jim were yes. like, well, oh, and yes. we'll go to lunch tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, see, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then yeah. he goes, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Tears rolling. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was totally out of there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Sparks flew and emotions ran high. So, um, all right. So, yeah. So that was, that was in, um, uh, early this summer. And then, um, you know, I let Bruce, Bruce and Matt and I got together and kind of shared, you know, with the leadership what was going on, and we just set a date, you know, uh, August 31st. Uh, that was going to be my last day on salary with, with the church, and um, and I'm just kind of jumping into this, uh, my passion to help other churches develop a story-driven ministry, whether that's through video work or consulting, you know, um, team-building stuff, you know, um, it's just a passion I have and, and I want to see other churches develop in, in that area. Um, and, and to focus more on what really matters. Uh, and that's telling about life change, mm-hmm. you know, like you can do announcement videos all day long, um, but it's never going to motivate people to action. Um, what will and people motivate? aren't even going to listen to the announcement. Y- yeah. Videos. Right. <laughs> you know, um, like share about life change, mm-hmm. you know, because the beauty is that within somebody sitting and sharing about what God's doing in their life, you're celebrating the wins in your church mm-hmm. and you're sharing the vision of your church through the power of somebody's story. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like a win all the way around. And then people sitting in the pew are like, well, I, I want to have a story like that. Or, you know, <laughs> I, I want that. I want that, you know, <laughs> or, or your donors are, are like, well, I want to give to a church who's doing that type of work in somebody's life, yeah. you know, yeah. because people want to see, they want to invest in, in something that is yielding a better world, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and what better world than the kingdom, you yeah. know? So, yeah, yeah. so I think that's what I want to help churches develop in. Um, and I think it's going to be slow going off the, the bat. Um, but, the new venture is called Sky Park Films. Yeah, Sky Park Films. Um, my website skyparkfilms.com. Um, and there's a lot of information on there and access and stuff like that. Um, and, yeah, so we're kind of in launch mode right now. And so I'm just trying to network with people and 
uh, connect with local pastors in the area who might be interested in utilizing uh, my skills in some shape or form. Um, and yeah, and then it's it's like feast or famine right now. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll make you trust God. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. All right. Well, Kenny, thank you so much for coming on yeah, and, thanks for and sharing me. a little bit about your story and about how God's worked and, and really taught you a lot about multiplication yeah, and working absolutely. yourself out of a job. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks I am, for coming. I in. am currently jobless, so. All right. Well, I did it. you heard him. You heard him, people. He did what he set out to do. All right, man. Thanks right, a lot. Dude. Thanks for listening to the City Network Podcast. If you have any comments or questions, Join the discussion on our Facebook group at thecitynetwork.org slash group or sign up at the website to subscribe to updates for the blog and podcast.